Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Mike. And, and this, this is Craft, Craft Root, Root Sports. Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Craft Root Sports. I am your co-host, Scott. And with me, as always, is Mike. And this is Craft Root Sports. Where the beers are heavy and the sports talk is steady. <laughs> Mike, what's up, brother? <laughs> Nothing, man. Yep, you're right. That was a good dumb one. I like it. <laughs> Told you I had a good one ready to go. That was fantastic. How's your week going, bud? Good. You know, still sick, so if I'm coughing through this episode, I'm sorry. Hoping this beer knocks it out of me. But we'll see. Well, let's hope so. Here's the drinking game for everybody listening at home. If you can hear me, I'm going to try to muffle the coughs. I've got a cough pillow over here and I'm going to mute the <laughs> microphone and cough into my cough pillow. But if you hear it, take a drink. So every time you hear me cough in the background, take a drink. Hopefully you're drinking along. You can, <laughs> well, they should be. I mean, that's the point of the episode. Grab a beer, hang out with us, talk some sports. It is in the description. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess we talk the sports. You just listen to us talk sports. Touché. So you got to be drinking well, while you do that to make it more enjoyable. Well, what are we drinking this week? We got Rogue Dead Guy Ale. Um, this is from Oregon. Delicious beer. I got a fun story about this one. My dad's friend was the first one who told me to drink this beer. I was like a freshman in college. I wasn't even old enough to drink yet. And he was like, Hey, you want to try a good beer? Get dead guy ale. And I was like, we drink Keystone. Is that, is it like Keystone? <laughs> is that a good beer? <laughs> so he's like, no, it's cool. Cause the can or the bottle glows in the dark. Does this fucking really? No, it doesn't. Oh. He, uh, I think he was just really hammered drinking dead guy ale. <laughs> I got really excited he, for a minute. Shut off the lights. <laughs> I want to see this fucker glow. Nope, it doesn't glow in the dark. Oh. Not to my knowledge. Uh, maybe there was at one point some dead guy ale that glows in the dark. But Sounds like an expensive label to make. Uh, right? It's, dark, um, right? Yeah, that's a really cheap yeah. trick to try to get people to drink your beer. Um, but yeah, this is a really good beer. We picked it for a specific reason, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, Dead Guy Ale from Rogue Brewing. Uh, what do you think, man? First impressions. So far, so good. Uh, another one of those ones that I thought, mm, I don't know about this one going in, but uh, enjoying what I'm tasting so far. Yeah, it's, um, it is it is very similar to that uh, the Arrogant Bastard Ale that we had a couple episodes ago. Little, you know, same type of beer. A little bit sweeter. It is yeah. a little bit sweeter. You're yeah, right. It doesn't. It doesn't have as much of a punch to it. Yeah. But it's uh, fantastic. I'm trying to figure out what the ABV is on this one. It didn't show it on the bottle. I'm trying to find it on the six pack, but I don't see it anywhere. So I'll check Untapped and get that later on in the episode for you. Any of you listening, call up, call in the show, and let us know <laughs> if you got the ABV. Tweet at us right now. Oh wait, we're not live. Okay, cool. Well. <laughs> Tweet at us later and be like, I found it. You know what's funny? I know the one guy already who, at this point in the episode, will be tweeting at us and be like, Sure. It's, it's 5.2, you assholes. <laughs> like, 
John in Detroit will 100% be on board. He'll know exactly what this And it says it right on the fucking bottle. (laughs) You guys are You're the worst. And the bottle does glow in the dark, so (laughs) you're stupid. Um, Yeah, so this is, um, I mean, I I like this beer a lot already. I think this is going to get to us pretty quickly here. Sounds good. Let's upper deck it. (laughs) Oh, let's upper deck it. Alrighty, let's start things off with the NBA Finals update. The series is currently 2-1 to one Warriors over Cleveland, although the uh, Cavs are playing right now uh, with the Warriors, and uh, the Cavs are winning last checked. Awesome. Uh, so they could uh, hopefully even up that series, make it a little bit more interesting than things uh, were at the start when the Warriors went up 2 nothing. And there were fears that the Cavs might get swept, but the Cavs did can, come back in Game Three. And can we talk about how ridiculous it is that the Cavs lost by thirty, by fifteen, and then win by thirty? Like, how is there that much of a swing? Home home court advantage can't mean that much without Kevin Love. They lost. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think that's part of the reason it, why. Yeah, I know that's what most Cavs fans are thinking, and, <laughs> and there may be something to it. I'm not denying that fact, but it's just weird that you take out one of the quote-unquote, better players yeah. in the Yeah, the guy that you team. pointed to last year is like, well, if we had him, we would have yeah. won. And then and somehow then out. win by 30. I don't get it. It's it's crazy to me that there was that much of a swing. And I, I think that's the problem that a lot of people have with the NBA is everybody just shuts down when you're down big. Like, the fourth quarter, they're just like, fuck it, whatever. We're losing this game, and Golden State just stops playing, and then it becomes this blowout. Yeah, well, in their case, they had a two nothing lead. So, not saying that, not saying that right. they threw in the towel and thought, eh. But at some point, if you're down big and you have the lead, it's well, okay, we'll, we'll go get them in game. Yeah, four. I just don't. I don't know. It's weird to see that big of a swing, especially in the finals. But whatever, we'll see what happens in game four here. It is much less competitive than our next subject. Yeah, next subject: NHL final Stanley Cup update for you. Uh, so the Penguins and the uh, the San Jose Sharks. Dude, they are having one hell of a series so far. As predicted by me. <laughs> <laughs> so I will admit that I dropped the ball here. I had predicted that the Penguins would win in five. They had a chance to close out game five last night, and they did not do it. Uh, I believe the final was four to two in that game. One of them was a garbage time goal. It was pretty close for most of it. Jones, I, I don't know how the dude made the saves that he was making in that game. The goalie for San Jose. Yeah, it was unreal the shots that Pittsburgh was getting off that he was able to deflect. Crazy game by him. Uh, Alex, our guest from last episode, challenged us on Twitter and said, let's see if you're really paying attention. Who would be the MVP? If San Jose wins, I don't know how you don't give it to, to Martin Jones, the goalie. There's no way. That dude has had... Unreal games this entire series. Standing on his head is that? That's yeah, that's the, after, right? that's the yeah. term Alex used. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Penguins still have a chance to close out in Game Six. That would have been. Uh, apparently, they haven't ever won the Stanley Cup on their home ice. Yeah, which is super weird. Apparently, no Pittsburgh team has closed out something at home. That's since pretty crazy. Like 1950 so something? I, I wish I would have known that before I made my prediction. Oh, I don't. I don't well. bet against those kind of stats. Yeah, that it's was like a, playing that was roulette. You just bet. One. You keep betting. The, you ride the wave. Yeah, black. I'm gonna bet black again. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I just saw the game, or the series going six, just the way both teams came in, and knowing that there was the experience factor for the Penguins, but that the Sharks were really hot, and you know, it being their first, that they would at least get to 
So yeah. that was just my rationale. So it wasn't a shocker that they won there, but it's unlike the NBA series where home ice meant nothing. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> There wasn't a huge momentum swing, and you would think, oh, Pittsburgh's coming in this game, knowing they can close it out first time in Pittsburgh, yada, 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 had all that momentum, nothing. Well, that's exactly what Alex was saying. Like, home ice in the NHL playoffs just doesn't mean shit, Ooh. and uh, that was shown last night with uh, the Penguins dropping the game. So, 3-2 to two in that series, heading back to San Jose for game six. See if they can make um, it to a game seven. Yeah, if That'd they, be awesome. that would be pretty cool. I, I do have to say, at this point, even though I already lost, even if they the Penguins win it in seven, you still get the, the win because the price is right rules. <laughs> uh, but I would like to see a game seven in that series just because a game seven in the Stanley Cup is the There's fucking best. There's nothing more awesome. It's fantastic. And moving on to our next story, it's kind of weird. Uh, bear with me because <laughs> I have to kind of explain this one. Okay, so a uh, former Clemson baseball player was arrested for running a million-dollar drug operation. Okay, so that's weird enough on its own. That's pretty fucking you're weird. You're like, wait a minute, a college player was running a million-dollar drug operation? How'd that go down? So apparently the FBI had been watching over him since 2013. At some point, they decided that uh, they could raid his house, and they went to his house and dug up, and I think this might have been his parents' house, or the house he used to live at, but either way, they dug up almost $2 million buried in his backyard. That's unreal. (laughs) Completely unreal. And he admitted to selling marijuana and Molly, and he's now facing 20 years of jail time. Completely bizarre. Like, don't even know the entire details of the story. We were just happening to uh, go through and find things online, and I found this story, and I sent it to Mike, and I was like, uh, this story makes no sense, but can you believe that there's a baseball player who decided, all right, well, I can't make it big in the bigs as far as money goes, so F it. I'm just going to start a drug I didn't ring. make it to the show, so I'm going to start selling Molly. Yeah, uh, and I'm going to bury all the money in the backyard <laughs> my parents' house. Why not? I'm I'm really hoping that all of the bags were like the, just the like what you see in cartoons where it's just got a dollar sign on it <laughs> and it's just like a little pouch of money that he buried. What the fuck? That's such Nobody a weird steals story. Nobody lucky jobs. <laughs> all right, hey, come on, that hits a little close to home for I me. I knew again. it as soon as I finished. I'm like, oh, it's gonna touch an Irish nerve over here. My bad. Anyway, super weird story. Uh, nothing else to say other than dude's facing 20 <laughs> yeah. years. And- Good, good luck, homie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's super weird. Uh, so moving on, Akeem Tlaib, uh, he's in the news this week God. because uh, NFL players just don't know how to stay out of trouble in the offseason. He was uh, shot in the leg this week. By who? Uh, uh, himself. No, of course. <laughs> of course. By himself. So, so apparently he was in Dallas this week. Uh, he told multiple people that he suffered a minor wound that, quote, only required stitches and a medical cleanup. Uh, he didn't undergo any type of surgery. The NFL's investigating. But what the fuck is with these guys that they're always – it seems like every offseason there's some NFL player that's doing something stupid with a gun. Like extra stupid. Yeah. You would think, <laughs> it only happened one time in the history of the NFL that a guy will shoot himself in his legs. Shout out to Plastic <laughs> And here we are with another one. I, I, yeah, you shoot yourself. You think Plaxico is like super excited to hear this story? He's like, oh, yes. thank God. If I was Plaxico, I would have been like, off the hook. What a moron. So dumb. I came to live fresh off of his... Uh, 
Super Bowl ring decides to hang out in the club. Who hangs out in the club in 2016, right. by the he's way? He's 30 years old, and he's Thank hanging God. out in the club. Like, I'm 31, and I've been out of that club scene for a long time, because I'd just i rather just go, like, drink beer on the porch. Well, okay. and you're also not worth millions of dollars, and you don't carry a gun <laughs> regularly with you. So, even more reason. I feel like if I was worth millions of dollars, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to crash in here. I'm not going to go out. No, no reason to. Yeah, that's just so crazy. So, congratulations, Akib yep. Dalib. In, enjoy the your uh, your fifty seven million dollar contract that you're in the middle of. Moron. <laughs> Moving on to baseball. Uh, Madison Bumgarner decided this week that he wants to be in the home run derby. Fuck you, Madison. Um, not really sure why um, anybody would allow that to happen, but you know, Madison Bumgarner's hit a few home runs this year. He does have. Uh, unusual power for a pitcher. For a pitcher, let's. Yes, yes, yes. For definitely a qualifying it that it's for a pitcher. But uh, I did watch him hit one against the Braves a week ago. <laughs> that was cool. And then I, I think it's right after that home run that he decided, you know what? I could hit some dingers in the uh, exhibition. Why not let me play the home derby? Uh, let's just get this out of the way. Nobody wants to watch a pitcher. No. Fucking, I watch. I watch the home run derby because I want to see dudes hit jacks and like uh, it's just exciting. Want to see someone hit some dingers? Yeah, <laughs> like Coach Kent Murphy says, it's all about the dingers. <laughs> <laughs> Chicks you don't, dig the long ball. If you don't know Coach Kent Murphy, follow him on Twitter. Check out his videos on YouTube. It's the funniest shit I've ever seen. Um, but that's why we watch the home run derby is to see jacked up. Roided dudes hit the ball <laughs> 600 feet. That's the point of the home run derby. It's not to see a fucking pitcher hit a few out. Yeah, I, I was telling Mike uh, when we talked about this earlier in the week, I want to see the home run derby conducted at Coors every year. Yes. Regardless yes. of where the All-Star game goes, yes. I just want to see it hit in Coors. Let that light air just... Filter all these home runs out. I want to see 600-foot shots from Mike Stanton. And, I, you know, I don't want to watch a pitcher. I want to watch a pitcher do batting practice. Why would I want to watch him the home run derby? No, so I think I think Baumgartner makes a good point. Like, they're worried about him getting hurt. It's more likely that he's going to – and he said, uh, why would you be worried about me getting hurt? You let me ride a horse after the World Series win onto the field. So he's he makes a good point. But at the same time, nobody fucking wants to see a pitcher do it. The only people that want to see Madison Bumgarner in the Home Run Derby are San Francisco fans. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Those are the only people that want to see it. So if, if the Home Run Derby was in San Francisco this year, all right, maybe I could see it as like, a, hey, here you go, fans. Something for the people that paid to come out to see it. This is more gimmicky than Mayweather McGregor. Okay. <laughs> Good God. So I guess we'll see what happens with that. He's really pushing hard to see. Hopefully, Manfred steps on. up to the plate and says, "No, yeah. thanks, but no thanks." We'll see. We'll see. Uh, moving on to beer news. So Soda Stream made a model that brews beer now. That's pretty say fucking what? weird. So yeah, everybody knows the Soda Stream where you put like a container that has the concentrated like soda. Syrup. Yeah, the soda syrup, and it mixes it with carbonated water. So they did that. But with beer, uh, and apparently it's it, it's a like lighter uh, ale or lager type beer that you can brew within 30 seconds at your house. You just pop in this container and it mixes it with carbonated water and you have three liters of beer that you can drink. 
Um, so basically what that sounds like is if it's anything like the soda that it produces, it'll taste almost like, but not even close to your favorite undrinkable watery beer. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say soda stream. Don't contact us. We would love to have sponsors for the show. We'd love to get more of those out there, but I wouldn't drink Not this you. if you paid us to. So thanks, but no thanks. I think it's cool. I think it's very cool because I personally would cool love idea. to brew at home. I think it'd be really cool to do some home brews. I know guys that do it. I think it's really cool, but I don't have the time to do it. So I think this is a cool idea. But it's fucking soda stream, so it's not going to be very good. I'd, I'd rather just have them start making those mini kegs that Heineken has where you can like have awesome. the draft system at your house. In your fridge. I if we can do times. that from like craft breweries where you can get like a keg of something from Listerman or a keg of something from Madry and put that on your counter or in your fridge and you've got a, a tap system, that's way fucking cool rather than... Oh, here's a soda stream. How does that even bottle? Like, it's going to bottle into a fucking three liter, like, big K fucking cheap well, soda bottle. And I at least understand the soda thing because it's concentrated syrup. Like, beers are made not, from yeah, syrup. Exactly. I don't even understand how that works, like, how the mixture goes yeah. together. Here's this beer, beer syrup, this right. beer extract. What? It's going to be so weird. I don't um, know. So it, it's not available in the U.S. yet. It's going to be launching overseas to start with over in, in Europe. So good luck with that, fuckers, because I don't want it. <laughs> Early consumer to can it. I'm canning the shit yeah. out of that idea. I will can it without even trying yeah. it. <laughs> Canned. But- <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. It, it was a uh, rough week in the sporting world for uh, multiple people. Of course, uh, we all know of the big ones, but uh, Kimbo Slice passed away this week at the yeah. ripe old age of 42. Um, out of nowhere, seemingly. No no type of Yeah, it was kind of crazy. His name hasn't been in the news for a while. He's been out of the public eye. for Ever since that Dada 5000 fight. Yeah, he hasn't. Which uh, was the worst <laughs> fight I've ever seen in my life. I was going to breeze over that, but you know, <laughs> nope. was not very good. Nope. Not very good, but yeah. Um, was very shocked to hear uh, the passing of Kimbo Slice. Yeah, so they don't really have any information as to what... Ha- I guess he went into the hospital with chest pains, and then just... That was it. Yeah. He was done. That's kind of crazy. You would think... I mean, don't get me wrong. I know Kimbo Slice wasn't in, like, the best fighting shape, but you would think somebody who can at least compete at a professional level in MMA would have some type of stamina to be able to not die at 42 after chest pain. Like, there's, there's got to be something crazy there. Yeah, um, I'm assuming at some point they'll do a, an autopsy and, you know, there'll be some type of heart condition or something that be. shows up because it seems real random, essentially, to just drop dead right. at 42. I think the, uh, the overarching thing here, though, is if a guy who got famous backyard fighting on YouTube can't make a, a long, healthy life, what chance do the rest of us have? This podcast is screwed. <laughs> this podcast is screwed. Well, let's start talking about this podcast jinx as we get into this next story here. Uh, so last week we did our hockey episode, and uh, today we find out that uh, Gordy Howe passed away Mr. at hockey. 88 years old. Um, now, at least Gordy lived a long, healthy life. Um, but yeah, Mr. Hockey has, has passed away. Uh, he made his NHL debut back in 1946. 
Good God. That's back before they even had like helmets and shit. Like that's yeah. legit All hockey. of the highlights are right. just <laughs> bare knuckle, no helmet, <laughs> getting in there, mixing it up. That was the best thing about Gordie Howe. He was a goal scorer and an enforcer. Yeah. He was a two-way guy. Yeah. They talked about him on Mike and Mike this morning, and they said he is credited with the Gordie Howe hat trick. That's yes. what they call uh, it now, which is yes. a goal and assist and a fight in the same game. <laughs> that You know what? That's pretty awesome. That's a fucking cool legacy to leave behind. And I did see the, the NHL uh, put out just you know a picture of him, and they said, there is no Mr. Basketball, there is no Mr. Baseball, there is no Mr. Football, there is Mr. Hockey. That pretty much sums it up. Yep. I mean, to be called Absolutely. Mr. Insert Sport here means you have to transcend, you have to be... Not only one of the greatest ever, but the greatest. And, you know, you can make an argument that Wayne Gretzky is the greatest. But, I mean, for my money, Gordie Howe is right there next to him. It's 1A and 1B. Well, it's two different generations, you know? Yeah. You got two different generations that you're talking about there. So, I I don't know. I think it's hard to say that one's better than the other. It, it's tough. Um, and when you play a professional sport until you're 52. Yeah, that's unreal. We bow to you. Hats not even off, not even a professional sport because Pete Rose came close to that and it, he played baseball. Which That's true. The, he played fucking hockey. Gordie Howe played hockey until he was 52. Like we talked about it last week and I don't want to get too much into it, but hockey is a goddamn demanding sport. So to play that until you're 52 years old, you're a fucking legend. So RIP Gordie Howe. RIP, bud. And speaking of RIP... We could not do this show without talking about the biggest loss in the sporting world this week, and that would be of the greatest, Muhammad Ali. In fact, he passed away right after we were done recording this show last week. It was, what, 10 minutes after? Yeah, I got in my car and was heading back home, and before I got to the first stoplight, got the text, text Mike back, and was like, dude. We just were talking about him fighting Mike Tyson in yeah. a theoretical fight on last week's show. So there we go again. Dead. We're a fucking jinx of a podcast. Yeah. We talk about boxing, and then a week later, Muhammad Ali dies. We talk about hockey, a week later, Gordie Howe dies. We are not talking about anything this week that <laughs> I also There's, enjoy. Good we're, lord. What I don't want to do it. fucking jinx of a podcast. And it's... You know, the Muhammad Ali loss, obviously, it's been talked about a lot this week. There's more to the man than just boxing. He was a pioneer among a lot of things. He did a lot of great charity work. Enough can't be said about Muhammad yeah. Ali the man, let alone Muhammad Ali the boxer. Agreed. He uh, he lived up to his name, the greatest. He was the greatest. Um, I think the coolest part about him was he said he was the greatest, and he fucking was. <laughs> like that was the greatest part about Muhammad Ali to me, um, but yeah, definitely a legend. And uh, R.I.P. Muhammad Ali. R.I.P. Well, we ended uh, the upper deck on another downer uh, this week. Yeah, this we seem to be. That seems to be a trend too. <sighs> last week we got at least this week we weren't heated. Like last week we were fucking heated in upper deck. Yeah, talking about, talk about that douchebag. Yeah. Uh, this time it was just a bummer. But you know what? It's uh, I don't know. It's fine. It should also be a celebration because even should be. though um, he's gone, he did live, uh, you know, a longer life. He died at seventy-four, not the eighty-eight of Gordie Howe. But right. um, it's different for Muhammad Ali in that you know 
he's been in failing health for a long time. Yeah. And I don't want to say there was a sense of relief because that's a pretty shitty thing to say, but I did feel like a little bit just like, you know what? I, I, I'm kind of happy that he's no longer suffering. Yeah, I no exactly. longer have to see him. Whenever I saw him over the last few years, especially, it just it hurt because he was so fragile and so frail. And just it sucked to see him like that. That started back at the Olympics in 96. Like they've been showing that clip a lot this week of him lighting the Olympic torch. And man, seeing him shaking that bad was brutal to watch. And then you, you see the footage of him. Since then, and just getting progressively worse, worse. worse, it was yeah. it was really hard to see. So you're right; it's it's good that he is uh, he's not dealing with that anymore. Uh, there were two really cool stories that came out of this that uh, I wanted to to bring up. So the first one, I, I think everybody has has heard about this at this point, uh, but I, I think it bears repeating. Uh, Muhammad Ali's daughter Hannah tweeted out or or put something on Instagram, excuse me, after Muhammad Ali passed away. And she was talking about the last moments with her dad and everybody was around and they were, uh, you know, giving him a kiss and, and telling him they loved him. Every organ in his body shut down except for his heart. His heart kept beating for 30 minutes after every other organ shut down. Insane. That's the craziest story. I, and I know people are going to hear that and be like, ah, bullshit. I'm one of those people that are like, I want to believe that that's 100% true. Because I think that's the coolest story. Like, he was such a, a champion that, like, even his heart was like, no, nah, fuck you. I'm not done yet. Yeah. He literally had the heart of a champion. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> that's the coolest story, I think, out of, uh, out of this whole thing. The other one that, that came out uh, here in Cincinnati, we're pretty close to, to Louisville. So a lot of the local news was covering everything that was going on. And one of the stories that came out was that a, uh, at the Muhammad Ali Center in Louisville, there's a mural along the one wall that has the float like a butterfly sting like a bee saying. Quoted up on the wall. Yeah, it's quoted on the wall. There's a, a tree right near there that a swarm of 15,000 bees <laughs> came and took root in that tree. Right after he passed. Just that. That's the creepiest <laughs> goddamn thing I have ever heard of. Yeah, I was looking at the video from that and seeing the bees swarm around the uh, area and on the wall and just even like flying around was weird enough. But uh, one of the guys, I think it was one of the bee handlers had said, um, you know, I, I'm not taking this, you know, lightly. I see the, you know, yeah. the, <laughs> the irony in all of this and everything. Like this is definitely a sign. And most of the time when people say that, you're kind of just like, whatever, you know, people say crazy things and want to make connections that aren't there. But Again, this was one of those times that I want to believe that there was some type of cosmic connection right. to, the, to the fact that here these bees are. I mean, the only thing that would have made it more surreal is if a butterfly came right. fluttering up and was like, hey, what's going on, bees? I mean, you know, it's crazy enough, but yeah, it's that's an awesome the, story. It's such a cool story, and, and that's one of those things that like when you hear about these legendary characters passing away, I don't mean characters as like, you know, it, he's a, a legendary sports figure. When you hear about these guys passing away and then something like that happens, it just adds to that legendary status, you know, yeah. like it, it just makes the story that much better. I think that was one of the coolest things I had ever heard. When I saw that on the news, I 
flipped out. I was like, <laughs> I'm like shaking my wife. He like, did, did that. You, did he you did see that? that shit? Are you fucking kidding me? She was like, all right, leave me alone. It's <laughs> like, no, that's crazy. I think I think that's one of the coolest things ever. Uh, you know, another cool thing too was uh, once they started making funeral plans and everything got going as far as setting things up for uh, the funeral that happened today. Uh, actually, um, it came out that Muhammad Ali had gathered some of his closest friends and family and everything and had planned his own funeral like a decade ago. I totally believe had that. The, no, I mean, uh, that he made him sign like non-disclosure agreements that they, <laughs> so that they wouldn't discuss anything. He, but he had planned everything out and pretty much said, here's how I want this to go. Here's, I want it to be open to the public. I want as many people to have access to this as possible because, you know, he was a man of the people. He was... Literally, the people's champ. Yeah, that's the one and... thing that pisses me off, though, about the whole thing was they, they put the tickets for people were able to come. It was first come, first serve. It was, what, 15,000 tickets that, that yeah. went for his funeral. Um, people went and got the tickets, and they started scalping them. That's fucking, that's right. Well, because man. people are shitty. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. I, I, I got upset earlier. Um, I saw people selling T-shirts. Yeah, outside, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, along the procession route and up there outside the memorial. And I thought <laughs> to myself, what's wrong with people that, you know, you can't honor anybody without trying to make a buck? Yeah. The man hasn't even been put into the ground and you're trying to capitalize off of it. It's not like it's. People working for, you know, a Muhammad Ali legacy fund or somebody associated with the family or, you know, this is going to Parkinson's or something, some worthy cause that they're out there selling t-shirts for. No, it's just personal gain. Yeah. Just assholes who literally want to make, want to make And they buck. weren't even good t-shirts. Like the no, ones that I saw were not. like, they were pink the and it had like yeah, his picture on that, it. That are spray painted from when people <laughs> die in the hood. <laughs> R.I.P. Pookie and Tukey. I mean, they're they're horrible looking. Nothing official about them. Put that, just... put that picture. Let's silk screen that picture. Yeah. It's just horrible. And something that a man who's, you know, planning his own funeral and says, you know, I want as many people to be there as possible. I, I don't want anybody to make a profit off any of this, but I'm sure he wasn't thinking about but everybody's making a profit. Show. Yeah, I know. At the end of the day, you know, everything's going to be commercialized. And but man, it just something really irked me about seeing just your average dude out there on the corner. You want to buy this T-shirt? <laughs> Get your greatest T-shirt. I know you're feeling bad. <laughs> Celebrate the greatest with this airbrush tee. Come on, man. No, What's you're right. That's a hundred percent bullshit. I thought the same thing. I was like, I mean, I don't know. Whatever. People are assholes. That's what it comes down to. People yeah. are just fucking assholes, and they're always going to be assholes. And uh, e even a tragedy like that, especially like Louisville. Like I get it. If no, I don't get it. If it's another city, no. but whatever. It's it's Louisville, and that's like his hometown. And that makes it even everybody's, worse. Yeah, everybody's like, <laughs> oh, the champ finally came home to rest. These people are like, the champ came home to rest, so that means I can make a couple bucks. Champ came home to rest. I can buy 50 t-shirts for $100 each, and then I can flip them for 20 and next thing you know, I'm going to make me $1,000 to go spend on something stupid. Check off. 
Is that why they picked the pink t-shirts? Because they were cheaper? I don't, <laughs> I don't even know. I didn't even think that far. I think it was just white t-shirts that got messed up in like the laundry somewhere at Hanes. So they were like, yeah. oh, these are pink. So these are like 10 cents each. <laughs> People were like, fucking, yeah, we want pink. Let's get cheaper. That fits Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yeah, he floated like a butterfly and butterflies <laughs> of pink. So <laughs> let me get... Thousand of them pink ones. <laughs> Jack offs. You think that people sold out of those shirts? I hope nobody bought them. I, hope I, I so mean, too, I, I hope that they 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 turned a loss on uh, their their investment. I hope that that would be funny. That, you know yeah. I wish we could audit their books, but I'm guessing they don't have books. <laughs> it's a pretty solid guess that they don't have books. I may not know if the pens are going to win in five or not, but I know that those people aren't keeping yeah, good books. You, you can't predict hockey, but you can predict ignorance, and uh, there's not a chance that they they can tell you how much they made or lost off of that. Jesus Christ. Anyway, let's let's remember Muhammad for what he was. Yeah, so I think the, the best thing about Muhammad Ali was he was the best shit talker in the world. Great. Like he, he was able to shit talk and make it sound poetic. He was the original shit talker. I really think because the stuff he said was extra ridiculous. And half the time when you hear some of it, when you actually like stop and think it's funny at the moment, but when you're listening to what he says, he's saying it in such a cocky manner and he's rhyming and it's, (laughs) and then when you actually stop and think, a lot of it's contradictory, but you just kind of <laughs> blow it off. Just like, ah, it's Muhammad Ali. It's so, it's, it's, it's so good, I don't care what he actually said. It's funny because he gets so, like, looking back on it, it's like, man, that was so corny. That yes. was the corniest shit. Like, when he was, when he was like, hey, he's, he's going to show I'm great when he falls in eight. <laughs> and it if, was, if it he was... wants to go to heaven, I'll, I'll put him in seven. It's like... It was Craft Brood Sports opening <laughs> only was. in front of mass media. It was our corny ass opens. Yeah, I wish we could have gotten him to record one. Just play it on repeat every time we open up the show. But he did have some, like, he was a legitimately funny dude. He had some lines that were really funny. We've got a couple of uh, Muhammad Ali's quotes here. This is one where he was talking about uh, how fast he could punch. From the time the punch started to the where it landed, it was four one-hundredths of a second, which is an eye blink. Like a camera flash, that's four hundredths of a second. Now, the minute I hit something, listen, all of those people blinked at that moment. That's why they didn't see the <laughs> I swear. Now, if you watch the film close, you got to hold your eyes. And keep looking about that. When I said, all right, I'm getting ready to hit him, you can't just, you got to hold your eyes and wait. No, you won't see it, man. <laughs> so, so great. He's to- oh, talking, of course, about that uh, punch that he knocked Sonny Liston out with that everybody, you know, at the time thought it had to be a phantom punch. Nobody could have possibly knocked punch. him out like that. But, yeah, that iconic poster of him standing over Sonny Liston. Yeah. I, I think it's so funny that he compares it to, like, four one-hundredths of a second. That he's like, that's how fast I can punch. That's how that's fast four I can punch. Four one-hundredths of a second. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched it, it. The funny thing was, after I heard that clip, I went back and I watched it. And I, like, literally, like, forced myself not to blink. <laughs> I was like, there it was. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> it wasn't Phantom. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, he was even cool with, like, when he was uh, talking with different commentators and things like that. He'd even give people shit that 
didn't have anything to do with the boxing world like uh like this clip here and i don't even know who's talking to in this clip but uh this one cracked me up too so what are you trying to say well what i'm saying is that there are three can you box no have no. you ever boxed no but well, why do you know so much about boxing <laughs> <laughs> just you don't know shit. <laughs> I would love to see somebody like corner Larry Merchant after a fight and be like, have you ever boxed? And Larry Merchant would be like, I'm drunk. And they're like, well, that's close enough. <laughs> yeah, it brings a whole new level to uh, announcers and uh, commentators who just talk shit. Yeah, you but have never like, actually done it. Yeah, you hear Jim Lampley like, talking about how somebody's not in shape or not good enough to box and... It's like when when was when was the last time you did it, man? <laughs> Muhammad keeping them keeping them straight. Speaking of in shape, there was another one where uh, they were talking about Muhammad Ali that he wasn't in shape during his fights. So he had a pretty good response to that uh, question as well. Look, Joe Frazier, I wasn't in shape when I fought Frazier. Many of them said I was off three years, but yet it was Joe Frazier who had to be under intensive care for one month. When I fought Mac Foster, I was 226. They say the heaviest of my career. Mac Foster the other day just got out of the hospital in Japan. They wouldn't let him leave the country. Everybody I'm fighting lately is ending up in the hospitals. I'm unscratched. I'm unmarked. I'm overweight. I'm fat. But yet, I'm always winning. And what, what, if I get in shape, it'd be a murder, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a murder. No, no holding punches on that one. Just, hey, if I do what I can... You're dead. That's such a that's such a dick thing to say. Like, man, look, I I whooped your ass, and I wasn't even close to being in shape. If I was in shape, I would have fucking killed you. That's awesome. That's such a <laughs> that's awesome to think that somebody would just come out and say that too. I mean, how many you know people he he mentioned about not being humble because humble people didn't earn that much like accolades and yeah, whatnot. and it's so true. I mean. As much as we want our sports figures to be humble, it's mostly because a lot of them can't back up what they say. Yeah. So when there's somebody who is blatantly just, I'm going to do this or I do this and that's just how and it, it is. Happens. And it's true. That's crazy. I, you know, what can, what can you say about yeah. it? It's just, it's great. That's Yeah, that's the thing. People can't really say that much against Ali because he, he would say he's going to knock somebody out and then he just did it. Yeah. Well, like and I was... mean, most of the haters against Ali or people that wanted to see him lose, it didn't have anything really to do with boxing. It was all the peripheral stuff, whether they yeah. were against him dodging the draft or against his Islamic conversion. Just, you know, it had more to do with that type of stuff than I think it did. You know, Absolutely. I, I know there were a lot of people who didn't like how much trash he talked, but I feel like that was sometimes an excuse for some of the other stuff and so there was a lot more to it than just oh well i want to see him get knocked out yeah i i'm with you on that i I think you're 100 percent right on that people were that was just what they fell back on yeah to, to be like no he needs shut up yeah it's easy out yeah essentially and it was a lot easier to say that than to be like ah he's black <laughs> Truth, yeah. I don't like, like that black son it. of a bitch. So I want him to lose. You mentioned he, he talks too much. Yeah. Like basically, at that point, people were just like, "He's uppity." Like that's, <laughs> uppity. that's the line they were using at that point. You mentioned that Muhammad Ali talked about humble people. 
Uh, this is my favorite, one of my favorite quotes where he is the most humble I've ever heard him. He preaches against materialism, but fills his garage with a Rolls Royce, a new Cadillac, a new Lincoln, no. a new camper. Two Rolls Royce. Two Rolls Royce. <laughs> <laughs> Correction. <laughs> and who are these interviews? Are these all British interviews? Like, yeah, I he don't... fills his garage. I don't know where I found this from, but there's a lot of British people interviewing Muhammad Ali. Uh, I guess this was before he uh, he started getting in pretty good with Howard Cosell. Because <laughs> those two had some awesome back and forth. Well, it just goes to show how beloved he was around the world because he had in, he had people interviewing or wanting to interview him from every corner of the world. He wasn't just a American star or a star in the black community within America. He's a worldwide star. Well, that's one I don't of even the think things. that's possible anymore. No, I don't I think you're right. Like that's one of the coolest things about Ali was he said he wanted to be the world champ and like take it to the world. That's why he fought in Manila. That's why he fought like overseas, he didn't. He didn't want to just be. Oh yeah, I'm the world champ, but I I only fight people here, and I'm only here in the U.S. He wanted to literally be the world champ, and he was. These that's the coolest part about him. And apparently, he was truculent. Confident, I can whoop all of them. This ain't nothing new. My image is being confident. What you're trying to make it look like something new for? I'm always confident. I can whoop all of them. You're being extremely truculent. Whatever truculent means, if that's good, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> whatever truculent means. Whatever, whatever that means. Muhammad was very learned in all of his talking-ishness. I'm not going to lie. I had to look up truculent after I... <laughs> I don't know what it means either. I just think it's funny that he's like, well, whatever it means, if, it, if it's good, if it's I'm that. If it's bad or if it's terrible, no, I ain't truculent. But if, it, if it's good... If I'm the most good, truculent good, I'm, SOB I'm, you know. I'm the truculentist. <laughs> <laughs> it just means overly defensive is what truculent means. Uh, uh, and he was kind of overly defensive at the beginning of that clip. But uh, but yeah, that's that's Muhammad Ali. I know there's so many other great quotes from Ali that we didn't play on this show, but I wanted to do some of the ones that people may not have heard. Yeah, well, him. I mean, most people have heard all the the rhyming ones right. and how pretty he is and all yeah. that. I mean, there was plenty. I, I was trying to find more obscure quotes when we were thinking about this show and find stuff that showed who he was, but in a lighter tone and a yeah. tone that you didn't necessarily hear. So some of these interviews were, uh, you know, hit the mark on that. Yeah, I think it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Here's the thing that I think is, is funny. Muhammad Ali was beloved. There were so many people that loved him, uh, and that's evident by the thousands of people that lined the streets in Louisville today and watched his parade and uh, watched his memorial parade and threw flowers on the hearst and like just wanted to go. It, I think that was kind of cool to see people that just wanted to touch the hearst to be like, yeah, I, I was there. I said goodbye to the champ. Do you think there's any athletes now no. Decade. <laughs> Before you even finish that sentence, no. That's what I was just saying a few minutes ago. I don't think it's possible. There's nobody that can resonate like that across the board on a global scale. I, don't even, I just don't think it's possible anymore to have that. I mean, you think about some of the superstars in today's sporting world. I guess one of the biggest superstars worldwide right now, I, I guess you'd have to say LeBron. But a lot of people hate LeBron, and LeBron, even though he's a global superstar and people know him from, 
people don't revere him for the same reasons they revered Muhammad Ali. At this point, I think that's the important... But they never will, because part of the reason Muhammad Ali is so revered is not because of what he did in the ring. It's what he did outside of the ring. It's what he stood for. It's the stands he took against the government. But that's what I'm saying. LeBron, at this point, isn't that. But LeBron's also 30 years old. Yeah, but LeBron's never going to do that. Let's be You honest. never know. Once once he doesn't have to worry about pissing off Nike and worrying about his endorsements, I think that's what it comes down to, is athletes nowadays are so worried about their endorsements that they don't want to ruffle any feathers. So once LeBron is past that, who knows what's going to happen? He may start speaking out a little bit But more. that's just the thing. Endorsements are one's brand, and today's athletes are more worried about their brand than they are about anything else, which is fine. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be worried about your brand, but Muhammad Ali didn't care about what anybody thought. He did exactly what he wanted to do, the way he wanted to do it, and if you didn't like it, too damn bad. Whereas in today's world, there's so much tied up in who you are. and how, I mean... Do you think LeBron would ever do anything to piss people off after the decision went the way it went? I think there was so much backlash off that 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 alone would keep him from doing anything that drastic ever again. So let's not even talk about speaking out on social matters. He won't even do anything that daring in the sporting world again. Well, I I think there's an element of him still that like LeBron wants to speak out on this kind of thing. And I feel like it just comes down to he knows if he does, if he ruffles the feathers if he gets people pissed off he's gonna lose the money so he doesn't want to do it right now after his playing days are over that could change and that was evident when him and everybody on the miami heat put on the hoodies for trayvon martin like he wants to be that guy that like speaks out on some of these social issues he just feels hamstrung right now i think that's the difference muhammad ali didn't give a shit he was like i'll go to jail for my beliefs i don't give a fuck i'll vacate a title whatever Athletes nowadays aren't going to do that. They're they're worried about the money. But I think what we're going to see now is athletes, once they're done, once LeBron's retired and he's not getting that Nike money anymore, I don't know, maybe he does start speaking out on shit. But then won't people see through that? <laughs> if, if I told you that all of a sudden after I got done making millions of dollars that, oh, by the way, I actually really cared about all these things. I just couldn't show it because I was worried about losing this dough. The people would then embrace that and be like, oh, no, we get it, LeBron. We love you. No. I think people still will. Well, at least in Cleveland. Cleveland and Akron will still be like, yeah, I get it. Cleveland and Akron and the United States, they're all one thing. Again, I'm talking about global. I just don't think that it's possible for today's athlete to have a global impact like Muhammad Ali. It also had a lot to do with his faith in general. and That's true. I have no idea what LeBron's faith is. I don't care about faith mixing with sports, but the fact that Muhammad Ali took such a dynamic stance on his faith and was vocal about it, that endeared him to other parts of the world that, again, don't care about what he did in the ring. He's a hero to Muslims just because of how much he stood for the faith. They could care less of what he did in the ring. That's a good point. I I can't deny that. I can't deny that. So you didn't let me finish my question from before. We kind of went off on a tangent. Oh, well, because... (laughs) Oh, was it going to be anything other than do I think anybody would... Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry about that. Do you think anybody would be able to pull off the shit talking? Oh, (laughs) wow. I derailed that. You kind of went a little off track, but it's fine. Whatever. (laughs) That's fucking Kraft Root Sports. We go... (laughs) Sports. That's what I just said. (laughs) 
moment. That Mike's reached that point in the show, guys. <laughs> We're at that point. It's whatever. Uh, it's the show. That's how we do it. Uh, but do you think anybody can pull off talking shit like Muhammad Ali did and still be loved? Like, I feel like no. at this point, right, it, the answer is still the same yeah. from what you gave before. Yeah. That's why I let you go with it because I was like, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. If somebody talks shit as much as Muhammad Ali did now, people would be like, fuck that asshole. They He's a piece are. of shit. Yeah, <laughs> nobody nobody stands for that because guys who do it now – there's no solo sports. Part of the reason Muhammad Ali could get away with it is he wasn't on a team. You try that stuff on team sports, and immediately you're knocked down because you're being you're trying to be bigger than the team. Or it takes more than, and it's true, it takes more than just the one guy to be able to do what it is that they say they they can do. So when a Richard Sherman runs his mouth for shutting <laughs> down a guy, yeah, sure, he may have shut a guy down on a single play, but. It took the other 10 guys on the field doing their job to make sure he was in a position to shut down that guy. Because if the pass rushers aren't rushing and forcing the quarterback into making that throw before he wants to, he doesn't stop that play. So when you're talking about guys who talk shit and are able to do that, it would have to be in a personal one-on-one setting. And, you know, there's... We we talked about it in the other show. Boxing is just not that big anymore. So any got anybody that talks shit. I mean, look at Floyd. He talks a lot of shit. He does. What do people What do people, people say about like him? He's and a that's fucking a, piece of shit. Yeah, and that's a guy who's on his own. He doesn't have a team. I, Difference just, there though is is Muhammad Ali was like a stand up dude, where Floyd Mayweather has beat women. So people are like, Nah, fucking, you're you can talk shit, but you're a piece of shit. People gloss over some of the stuff Muhammad Ali does. He wasn't a saint. Let's just put it that way. He wasn't a saint, but he, he yeah, you're right. Whatever. Yeah, no, That's I fine. mean he wasn't. He wasn't a wife beater, so I won't compare it to that. I'm just saying people like to forget some of the stuff that yeah. he did that was pretty shitty, you know, by well, any measure. So it wasn't in the movie with Will Smith, so I don't. Know. <laughs> it hit the cutting room floor. So I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. He seemed great in that movie. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. I think you're right. I think that uh, we're at a, a point in time now in sports where if there is somebody that is like a shit talker, they're immediately dismissed as like, no, nah, you're fuck you. I don't like this guy. I don't want to hear from him. He's a loud mouth and then he's dismissed and that's it. So I think it, even if you take Muhammad Ali now, or Muhammad Ali then, and put him into like today's boxing world, I think people wouldn't love him as much. Because they'd be like, he talks too much. Oh, it's definitely, he's a product of the time. He, yeah, he came up at the perfect time to be, and, and don't get me wrong, he pissed a lot of people off and made a lot of people mad. Like, there's still douchebag racists that I see on Facebook. They're like, hey, he's a draft dodging piece of shit. Uh, they don't realize that he actually paid the price for not going to Vietnam. He didn't. It wasn't like he just like went to Canada and dodged the draft. But the, he paid the price in a way. I think now, if he were to do the same thing, people would be even worse. Like it would be even worse 
Oh, well, on, yeah, on today's Twitter world. Uh, Holy shit, can you imagine him on Twitter? Oh, can God, you, it would be fantastic. Muhammad Ali on Twitter would be like the Iron Sheik. I'd be retweeting Twitter. the shit out of him, though. <laughs> I'd probably just figure out an uh, algorithm that would allow me to just retweet any tweet that he sent out. It wouldn't matter what it said. It'd just be constantly just retweeting whatever Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, Ali tweets. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be insane. That'd be amazing. So we talked about this before the show. We, um, w- with these iconic sports figures passing away, uh, and hold on before before we get too far. Before people get nobody, pissed. Yep, you're right. <laughs> nobody's claiming that Kimbo Slice no. is iconic. No, he just also happened to die yeah. the same time <laughs> as Gordy Howe and Muhammad Ali. So Look, no, we're it, not comparing Kimbo Slice. <laughs> To those two, it just so happened that it, within this week of the show and preparation, he died, and we thought it, it was comes in threes. Yes. He was even though we have it happened second. He is the third. So put of, down your pitchforks <laughs> before you think we're comparing Kimbo Slice to either Gordy Howe or Muhammad Ali. Right. Mike, go ahead and continue with your thought. So we we came up with the thought of you know with these athletes passing away. If you could have the chance to have a beer with any athlete, any era, any time frame. Living or dead. Living or dead. Who would it be and why? So, Scott, I'll throw it to you first. Well, when we first started talking about this topic, of course, I had people that automatically assumed it's going to be Michael Jordan. Everybody knows my love for Michael Jordan at this point. It's no. You don't hide it. I'm not denying that. And don't get me wrong, I think it would be awesome to have a beer with Michael Jordan, uh, especially if he's going to have Tiger Woods and Derek Jeter there. Uh, but I don't think that that's who I would choose to have a beer with, simply because it's the obvious answer. My, my answer for this question is actually that I would love to have a beer with Jackie Robinson. And that's a good choice. If not Jackie Robinson, I would have to say that I would go with Roberto Clemente. Either also one of the choice, yeah. Either one of those two, partially because you know my love of baseball. Also, not shy about admitting that. It, I just think it would be great to talk baseball with them. But each of them has unique experiences as far as being, you know, the first black to integrate baseball and one of the first um, Latinos to integrate baseball for Roberto Clemente, and just talking about the experiences with them and what they went through and how things played out, you know, that they they couldn't talk about in the yeah. you know, in the media. I, I think that would be awesome to have a beer with those two people. It would be fucking cool to hear their stories. Like especially yes. Jackie Robinson. Like you like the shit that he went through, man. Yeah. And like I read the stories uh, about like what happened in Cincinnati where they were yeah. like brutal to him. And I, I would love to hear that perspective of what's going through his head at that time. You know, like yeah. At that, at some point, you got to be thinking: Is this even worth it? Is it fucking? Yeah, well, and I it... mean, to get both of them off the, you know, off the record, so to speak, yeah. just be like, hey, I, I know <laughs> what I've read, I know what I've seen, but you know, how did you really feel, or what really happened? Was there a moment when you really almost thought about just saying, "Fuck it." I'll just go play Negro League. I would have done it by like the second inning. I'd be like, fuck this. <laughs> That's too much I'm pressure. Out. This is bullshit. Yeah, and then, you know, Roberto Clemente died young. Uh, he died in that plane crash, but he was another humanitarian. He's kind of beloved, much like Muhammad Ali, especially yeah. from, you know, the 
Latin American population. They he was a big champion for them, but he was a big champion just in general as far as uh, fans were concerned. He was another one of those guys that kind of transcended sports. Yeah, because he was humanitarian. I mean, he died in that plane crash on his way to the Dominican Republic, I believe. I think so. Yeah, so, somewhere down south, he was going back to do humanitarian work. And so, you know, I just think it would be cool to have a beer with him um, and discuss just, you know, baseball and other things like I that. I think those so. are good answers, man. What about you? I'd go John Daly. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Didn't see that one coming. Said it with a straight face, too. Wow. John Daly, can you imagine playing 18 holes with John Daly and just having a beer, smoking a cigar with him with his weird pants and like fucking crazy antics. I think John Daly would be one of the funniest guys on the course. I I don't know about the drinking habits of Jackie Robinson and Roberto (laughs) Valenti, but I do know John Daly's a heavy drinker. I don't want to have a beer with somebody who's just going to drink me under the table and probably talk shit about my beer drinking skills. You bring up a good point because we asked this on Facebook and there were several people that had brought up people who were like, uh, well, I would like to have a beer with Babe Ruth, but he'd probably drink me under the (laughs) table. So maybe not Babe Ruth. I think it would be awesome to try to go shot for shot with John Daly. And I'm not talking about on the golf course. Yeah. After he had a few shots, then you might try the golf course. Okay, you take a few shots, then I'm going to try to outdrive you. I think he would just be such a funny dude. That's just He's just a big, fat guy that's like, yeah, fuck it, I'm an athlete. It's oh, like, no, man, no, God. you're not. You're a big, fat dude who golfs, and I'm on board with that. I'm cool with that. <laughs> let's, let's party. <laughs> Solid answer. It didn't, I, and I'm pretty sure Hooters sponsored him for a while. Like, I think he had, like, a Hooters golf bag or something. No shame. <laughs> so we'd be like, hey, John, let's go out and get a beer. And he'd be like, cool, let's go to Hooters. Like, he's that guy in the group. The high class establishment. (laughs) Now, in fairness, I'm sure there's some good Hooters restaurants out there. We live in Cincinnati, and the closest one is Newport, Kentucky, where every waitress is pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's some good Hooters restaurants out there. I've just never been to one. Yeah, I'm sure Florida has, like, some good Hooters waitresses, like... Newport, Kentucky has the girls that they're like, oh, you got all your teeth? All right, cool. You could be a waitress here. Oh, my God. It's true. <laughs> my favorite, I went with uh, Corey, uh, who who had a couple answers here. He said that uh, he would like to drink with Gronk. That was his. I had a couple Gronks. Yeah. Uh, he said, let's face it, you get multiple beers in, which... I think Gronk's another one of those where it's like... Gronk's a dude. I wouldn't want to drink beer with him. If you're drinking with Gronk, you're going to be at a club. Like, we talked about that earlier. You're 30 years old and you're in a it's club. It's just too much of a bro fest with him. I don't have a beer <laughs> with that guy. He's a douche. Corey backed it up, though, and he said... He's catching Brady's balls. Joe Montana or Ted Williams. Fair enough. Would be he redeemed his, himself. Yeah, he, he brought it back in. But uh, he and I went to Hooters all the time in Newport. We would always go at lunch, too. Really... <laughs> Lunchtime Hooters. Lunchtime Hooters. The sea squad was yeah, Newport, Jeez. Kentucky. <laughs> wow. Uh, Brendan said Wade Boggs. And I had a couple Wade Boggs. Oh, nice. Wade Boggs, the legendary drinker who uh, people said that he... So There's the, a story that he allegedly drank 107 beers in one day. Okay, so the rumor originally was 64. 
Oh, and wow. then when It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia did their episode about Wade Boggs, it Charlie Day said that <laughs> Wade Boggs pulled him to the side and was like, hey, it was actually 107. <laughs> <laughs> that episode was great, by the way. It was a fantastic episode. I <laughs> Either way, after we shouted out Wade Boggs for his ring-wearing prowess in <laughs> uh, the one episode... Uh, well, I wouldn't mind having a beer with him. I'd love to. Although after we've talked about him two episodes in a row now, I hope he stays indoors. No, it was two it's... weeks ago. We didn't talk about him in the hockey episode last week. It's two weeks. You're ago. right. It was two Get weeks. Get your shit ago. together. God damn it. All right. Whatever. All this dead asshole. guy ale getting to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Betsy, who is a good friend of mine from uh, back in the day, I went to school with her daughter. She said not an athlete, but she would like to have a beer with Lou Holtz. Uh, she's a big Notre Dame fan. She's probably a bigger Notre Dame fan than I am. I mean, somebody who slurs before you get the beer into them. That's a pretty interesting choice. I got to tell you, this, this, this beer is delicious. Oh, my God. It's like, Lou, can you not say delicious? It's delicious. Can you stop spitting on me while we drink? Thanks. Thanks, Lou. Uh, a good friend of mine, Ashley Steer, said, uh, Honus Wagner, the best baseball player ever. Uh, debatable there. Uh, but she also said Billy Jane King, which interested me more because I think this was one of oh, the only, if not the only woman who entered and I, I, that'd be pretty cool. But Hey, that's a good one. Yeah. Talk about that battle of the sexes. We yeah. toss a few back that that's a that'd pretty a good talk. I'm, yeah. I'm on board with that. Yeah. John Bunyan, who's a, uh, a Cincinnati comedian, super funny dude. He said that he would like to have a Hebrew beer with Sandy Koufax. <laughs> Solid. I think that's a fantastic choice. Uh, my, my friend Steve, huge Lions fan, wanted to uh, have a beer with Barry Sanders. The only thing about having a beer with Barry Sanders is I'd worry about right when the beer got good, he'd probably bounce out. On <laughs> the, the best part of the beer, he'd be like, I'm done. Gotta go. He's like, oh, this beer is good, but I'm fucking out. I'm about yeah. halfway through. That's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> Subtle jab in his career there, but that's just what I feel about beer. Like, the beer was just getting good, and you're out. This is the best beer of your life. Yep, well, that's good enough. I had half of it. <laughs> My buddy Whitey, super funny dude here, uh, he said that he wanted to have a beer with Brock Turner just to make him wonder what else might be in his glass besides beer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Whitey understands our hate for the Stanford swimmer that's a fucking rapist piece of shit. Yeah, seriously. Uh, don't like bringing up that guy anymore than we have to. Uh, my buddy Tyson said Hope Solo. He'd love to see what happens when you get a few drinks in her. I already oh, know man. the answer to that. And if I don't, I'll just call up Jeremy Stevens and say, hey, <laughs> what happens to your wife when she gets a few beers in her? Can I read that police report again? Yeah, that's, that's no good. <laughs> uh, Trevor from Cincinnati said, does Ricky Vaughn count as a real athlete? <laughs> I'm going to count Rick Vaughn as an athlete. He's from the uh, – <laughs> he spent some time in the California penal system. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Wild Thing definitely counts, and I'd love to have a beer with Wild Thing. Well, if we're going with fictional athletes, uh, my buddy Glenn said uh, that he would want to have a beer with Peter LaFleur of Dodge, <laughs> Dodgeball fame. <laughs> he chose either Peter LaFleur or Jesse Owens. <laughs> so the dynamic couldn't be, there couldn't be any more contrast between Jesse Owens, historical, heroic, athletic figure, and Peter LaFleur. Fictional dodgeball thrower, but hey, it's out there. That's awesome. I had a couple of people that said, uh, if we're talking fictional, 
A couple of people said Stone Cold Steve Austin as the person that they would want to have a beer I with. Stone Cold. I think people don't realize that was a character. I don't even if it wasn't. <laughs> I hate it. He's so redneck. Yeah. He was so lame. And have you ever watched any of his matches? I know it's fake. Wait a second. Wait Hold a on. second. You're telling me the guy that wore a vest with no shirt is a redneck? Yeah. He yeah, I know. also, in fairness, drank some shitty beer. He had Budweiser. That was his well, beer of choice. Didn't the one time, though, the Coors truck, when he was spraying Vince uh, McMahon yeah. with the fucking yeah. Coors beer? They were like, oh, look Even at this worse. water that he's spraying on them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, always sarcastical and hilarious, though. Buddy Matthew Daniels says, Al Cowlings, that motherfucker would have my back. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Nope. He nope. is one that's, loyal son of a bitch. That's yeah. That's a wow. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> you got to get on his good side though. Like he'll he'll ride or die for real. That's true. <laughs> the original ride or die. Uh, Adam from Cincinnati said Tanya Harding with no Ooh. explanation added to it. Wow. He just I, I guess because she's a fucking crazy psycho. Yeah, I mean you know. Nothing wrong with that, I guess. I guess. Be worried about a tire iron. I wouldn't want to hang out with her. No. She's a fucking nutcase. Uh, maybe there's like the, there's something about like just hanging out with like a psycho chick that's drinking that it's like, all right, <laughs> something's going to happen tonight. <laughs> I'm going to get it in tonight. Yeah. Oh, no. You're just going to get a broken leg. Uh, I had quite a few people say Ty Cobb. Now, yeah. I do know a lot of Detroit fans back home, so that's part of it. Yeah, but most people just threw it out there. Ty Cobb was a popular choice. Of course, I referenced one of my uh, friends, Doug, said Ty Cobb, and he would want to wear a vest. And I, I told him, <laughs> I'm like, I, you could probably have a beer with Ty Cobb. I don't think I'd be welcome to have a beer with Ty Cobb. <laughs> and he's like, well, that's part of the reason why I'd wear the vest because I'd be asking him questions about said topic. <laughs> Understood. Nice. Yeah. Nice. We had a couple other people go with the uh, the WWF style, and they went with uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. That's I got that one, That's too. <laughs> Solid. I don't know if I'd want to have a beer with him or Miss Elizabeth. I feel like I'd want to have a beer with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Much more so than Randy Savage, I guess. If you're giving Although, me the option. I guess if we're talking about athletes like Macho Man Randy Savage, did he was in the Reds. Like minor league system, so he yeah, is that's technically right. an athlete. I always forget about that. I I know. I'm sure there's like wrestling fans that are like, wrestling's real too, and they're athletes. But yeah, but... NASCAR is athletes too. Very <laughs> <laughs> uh, work, Tanya said. Peyton Manning. Uh, I immediately asked her, "Well, what happens when he gets handsy?" <laughs> she said, "Well, what's the problem with that?" I'm like, "I don't know. Ask yeah. that trainer." In Tennessee. He's got a gigantic head. That's the problem with that. <laughs> Have you seen his forehead? It's disturbing. Drinking beer want to touch you. <laughs> uh, Brian, a good friend of mine, said uh, he would go with Nolan Ryan to to have a beer with. That's I think that's solid. a solid answer. I like that one, especially because you know if shit breaks out, if there's a fight, Nolan Ryan's got your back. Like he can it's he true. can handle his own. He's gonna be the. There's shit. Robin Ventura. He's talking <laughs> shit again. Get him, Nolan. So that's two weeks in a, or uh, two ventures in a row that couldn't handle themselves in a charging the mound incident. <laughs> yeah, this week and the Royal Machado beat the got shit his ass out of him. He had that coming too. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, 
My friend Sean, huge soccer fan, said Eric Quintana. Eric Quintana. I probably fucked that up. Oh, I don't know who that is. He, I know he's a soccer player. Can I it? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we haven't be done, pissed at me if we haven't done a this. soccer episode yet, so I don't. Yeah. I haven't done my research. <laughs> Not gonna lie, know much more about hockey than I do soccer, and yeah. I love soccer. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know about. The details of yeah. it outside of the U.S. team. Yeah, I got nothing. Once you break out of there, I'm screwed. So if we're talking about athletes that people don't really know about, uh, Joe from Dayton said Dave Schultz, who you may not know right off the bat, uh, but he was the guy who was murdered by the coach. You know the movie Foxcatcher? Oh, yeah. That Dave Schultz was the okay. guy that was murdered in that movie. I guess it's like Channing Tatum's character. I don't know. I didn't see the movie. But he was a, <laughs> he was a wrestler, so... Uh, Joe wants a, a real wrestler. He wants to have a beer with a real wrestler. He said he's a, he seems like an interesting guy whose life was cut much too short. Wow. Some interesting... Uh, Super. <laughs> interesting choices this week. Super uh, interesting. I uh, did get one, just wrap things up and send this uh, show to its end. Uh, did get an o- OJ reference. Nice. I, I know besides the Al Collings, my buddy Jason did say OJ as one. I think that's a good choice because it's like, all right. I hey, get a few beers in him and be yeah. like, dude. All right, man. Did for you real? do? Come on. You going to watch the... the Hells, yes. I have, I've been basically counting down to it. I cannot I'm wait. I'm super pumped. I watched the whole thing on... Uh, like whatever channel had the uh, the series about the reenactments, and it was fucking great. And I was like all on board again. I went back and watched the thirty for thirty about the the date, the June fourteenth mm, thirty yeah. for thirty. Which Wait, was were one you of the talking best. about the FX? The yes, series? FX. That's you said the reenactment. To... I'm, I'm sitting there I'm racking my brain. I'm drunk man. The I'm, actual miniseries. I'm talking man. about. Yeah. <laughs> The ten episode yes, miniseries, which yes. is awesome. It was fantastic. The people versus OJ Simpson. Yes, for those people that don't. Know. Yes. Thank you for God. being my sober voice <laughs> on this episode. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was awesome. That like got me all pumped up again. I went back and I watched fantastic. the thirty for thirty of the the June fourteenth, which was one of my favorite thirty for thirties ever. That they did. It was pretty good. Like all the news stories spliced together was fantastic. So I'm super pumped for this. Very uh, pumped. This miniseries, five parts, right? Yes, but seven and a half hours Shit. start to finish. So I may watch them. I may wait and watch them all at one time. Well, they're supposed to, after they air the one on Tuesday, it's supposed to come out all on demand, even though they're oh, showing sweet. it starting okay, Saturday, good. and then it'll be Monday through Thursday on ESPN, start Saturday on ABC. After the one airs Tuesday night on ESPN, then they're going to uh, let the full version out there. Nice. So Good. if you I'm want to, I may, I that. may just binge some shit. Here I don't think week. I have seven straight hours to dedicate. So I'm probably just going to watch it like the layperson. Look, my just... son can fucking sit there with a dirty <laughs> diaper. It's fine. He'll deal. Yeah. He'll be fine. I, but I'm going to enjoy all seven and a half hours. However, I consume yeah, it. Absolutely. So speaking of consume it, let's go Segways. to consume it or can it. Uh, so let's start off consume it or can it. Dead Guy Ale. Scott, you going to consume this or can it? Uh, I'm going to consume this. Uh, from the moment we started drinking, I thought, wow, this is pretty solid. Like I said, a little bit sweeter than the Arrogant Bastard. Compares to the Arrogant Bastard, and I consume that. But a little bit sweeter. Goes down a little bit smoother. And, yeah, overall, solid beer. Would uh, definitely consume the shit out of this. 
given the opportunity. Yeah, I'm going to consume it as well. I uh, I was able to look it up during this episode. It's 6.5% ABV. Oh, wow. So it's... I wouldn't even know that. That's another good thing because it's not... A lot, but it's higher than you would think than your average beer, usually yeah. about four and a half, five. So the fact that it has that high ABV and it still tastes this good, yeah. more I, I'm on. I, yeah, I'm consuming the hell out of Dead Guy. I think it's funny because when I first tried it when I was younger, before, before I got into craft beer, and I did not like it. It wasn't as good, uh, but I think my palate has changed, and I am on board with this beer. So I'm consuming the shit out of it. Dead Guy Ale was, uh, that's a double consume. Uh, and then as far as consuming or canning anything else, I don't think there is anything this week. You know what? Sometimes no. uh, things just happen in the sporting world that, yeah. you know, that we can't control. And I, I think part of this week sucked because uh, not just that these guys passed away, it also kind of reminded me, at least on my end, of um, my own mortality and my own sports. <laughs> oh shit, man! Well, no, it's it's one of those things where you're like, man, if Muhammad Ali, not that you think anybody's gonna live forever, but you're just reminded that you know life's short, and no matter what you do, everybody has an expiration date, and even the greatest can't beat death. So it's like it, it's kind of shitty, but it's also here, here's one of the things that I thought of today. It's starting to happen where our father's sports heroes are dying. Yeah. And where that affects us, don't get me wrong, I mean, it's really sad that these guys are starting to die. But I'm like, man, you know what's next? Our sports heroes that are like that's right there, awful. just a little bit, of, and that's gonna that's gonna be scary because I know how it's hitting some people from Muhammad Ali because it hit me hard, and I know there's a lot more people who grew up watching him from the beginning. It hit them a lot harder, and I know that it's coming soon that our guys are going to start doing the same thing. That if sucks. it makes you feel better, that means we're closer to Jeter dying. No, I'm not going to do for anybody to die. <laughs> Good Lord. That was harsh. I don't co-sign that. I'm not consuming that. <laughs> All right, so we're but kidding. I don't like Jeter. <laughs> No, I think that's a that's a good point, man. Yeah, there's nothing else to really consume or can this episode because it's just uh, it's it's sad sports news this week. That's all it comes down to, and uh, I think you're right that we shouldn't really consume or can anything else this episode. No. We just consume the greatness of both yeah. Mr. Hockey and the greatest, and to a lesser extent, Kimbo Slice, people. <laughs> For all you haters. Poor Kimbo. He's, yeah. Hey, yeah. He died at the worst possible time. Yeah. There's never a good time to die, but when you're sandwiched in between Muhammad Ali and Gordy Howe, yeah, you you're nothing. like, fuck. There's I'm absolutely less than a foot nothing note. for you. Yeah. Damn it. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Craft Root Sports. Uh, please check us out on Twitter. We're at, uh, at Craft B Sports. You can find us on Facebook. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scotty K underscore junior. Don't forget that underscore. Yeah, the it. underscore is very goddamn important. You can follow <laughs> me on Twitter at Mike Burlon. Uh, this has been another episode of Craft Brew Sports. Thanks Thank for guys, us for guys. listening. If Appreciate you have it. any topics that you want us to cover, any beers you want us to review, hit us up, craftbrewsports at gmail.com. And keep participating in those questions. Yes, when we the ask Facebook them. We questions are it. fucking Thank great. You. All right, take it easy, everybody.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 